Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to NJSBA's Blog Talk Radio Show, Conversations on New Jersey Education, a show dedicated to creating a conversation among those of us in the education community and beyond on the important education issues of the day, a conversation that brings the state leaders to you, and I hope you all feel free to join us. My name is Ray Penny, and I will be your host this morning. Today we will not only be taking your calls, but we will also have our chat room open. I think this, this will give you another vehicle in which to participate in the show. Christy Ty will be taking calls this morning. Christy, can you please explain the process? I would love to. Good morning, Ray. Now to dial in, if you want to call, just dial 1-347-989-8904. Again, that's 1-347-989-8904. And you can listen, and when you're ready to make a comment or ask a question, just press 1. And that will indicate on my switchboard that you are ready to ask a question. So I'll get your name, and I'll get your question or topic. And also, don't forget, if you're on the phone line, I'll ask you to turn down the volume on your computer and only listen on the phone since there's a delay and sometimes it's a little confusing. Um, now, if you're just listening on your computer, we do have a chat room feature that you can log into. We'll be monitoring the chat room and we'll pass on some of the comments or questions on to our speaker. To log on to the chat room, you will need to register with Blog Talk Radio. This past spring... The New Jersey legislature passed, and Governor Christie signed into law the Anti-Bullying Bill of Rights, a landmark legislation which gives schools guidance in how to deal with bullying incidents. While some people had issues with the administrative work the new law may create in school districts, almost everyone wants to reduce and eliminate the bullying incidents that occur not only in our schools, but outside of our schools and on the Internet. Bullying is nothing new. You ask most any adult if they were not bullied, they can name kids who, for some reason, were picked on in their class. What is new is that adults are now trying to take on this serious issue and trying to correct it. It's not just kids being kids. What is unique about our two guests this morning is that they have come from a high school that began to address this issue head-on before the legislation was passed. The program they implemented was also the brainchild of a 15-year-old student, which I think gives the program much more added effect in it. From my perspective, students, particularly in their teen years, have a life among their peers that adults are not allowed to enter. And... Without a child uh, coming up with this plan, I don't think it would be as effective. So uh, today we are very fortunate to have with us, from High Point Regional High School, the student, Ashley Craig, who will be a sophomore this September. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you very much. And the principal at High Point Regional High School, Mr. Gregory Youngman. Welcome, Mr. Youngman. Thank you, and good morning. Good morning. Uh, Ashley, let's start off with you. Uh, I know that you were bullied at one time, which was one of the motivators for this program. Could you explain what occurred and how you dealt with it? Um, Of course. Well, it started with five boys throwing sharpened pencils. Um, It was like basically child's play. They hit me with a few and knocked on my books, and the teacher came over and asked me who had done it. 
A few students had complained but didn't leave the names. I told less of the five names and I told them what had happened um, and they reported it to the office. Um, now the problem was I reported this and I was the only one out of class when I walked in and these five boys were in every single class that I was in. Um, and for the next four months, um, they started staring and, and calling me every name in the book and, and just making it their life or making it their way to try and intimidate me. Now it worked because when you have five uh, boys who are one and two feet taller than you are and years older than you are, it, it gets very, very intimidating. And when you listen to them constantly calling you names and you start to believe that. Um, and eventually at every time they would do something to me that would affect me, um, I would go to uh, the administration and report it. Um, I had wonderful friends to talk to and I could talk to my friends about anything um, and, and so forth. Uh, and eventually it came to the point where um, I had to switch all of my classes to get out of it. Um, and that's, that's basically what occurred, and it went on for about four months. Wow. And uh, so you did go to the administration. Do you think a lot of your peers would have done that, though? I think, I think some people uh, would do it, or some of my peers would do it. But I think it's very, very intimidating to go sit in front of a principal or a vice principal um, and have to... Uh, tell what happened to this. Some students are intimidated by the administration, not in a bad way, just it's the authority figure. And some people um, fear that if they go in and report it, that the bullies will just target them even more. Mm-hmm. And did you talk to your parents about this? Yes, I did. So you also went to your parents as well as the administration? Yes, I did. Now, I, I, knowing my kids, I'm not sure they would have done that. Uh, but uh, let's, Ashley, let's go to the other thing. You had another incident, I, I've seen you speak before, uh, with a friend, uh, which I think really decided that you could do something about bullying. Could you explain that incident, too? Uh, yes, it was the May of my eighth grade year. Um, now, when I was bullied, I had a lot of resources and I had things that I could use to help me through it. And what I realized the May of my eighth grade year was how many kids did not. And I realized this through a good friend of mine. Um, it was end of May. Um, it was almost school was almost out, uh, right after spring break, and a student came to me and said, "Ashley, I'm going to end it." And I kind of laughed it off at first. I didn't know what was really going on. I didn't know what he meant. And um, I said, "End what?" And he said, "Ashley, I'm going to end my life." Now, before I even knew the reason why he was even thinking about this, as soon as the bell rang, I went down to the the guidance office and I had confided in the guidance counselor what he had confided in me. And basically, afterward, I found out that it was because he felt that his friends were leaving him, because he felt that he had no one, because he didn't think he could go home to his parents and talk to them about the issues that were going on in school, because he didn't have, um, well, he didn't think that the teachers and, or the faculty and staff were behind him as much as they really were. Um, and then the one day he came to me afterward and he said, Ashley, you saved my life. And that's when I realized if I could just lend a helping hand or a shoulder to cry on or just give a hug to somebody and let them know that I'm there um, and I could save a life, I could do it for a lot more. And that's when I really started um, pushing toward creating this program. Okay. Oh, I think you too gave two great examples of the seriousness of bullying, but I know, I know it, it's a national issue. Uh, and before we go on to your program and talk to Mr. Youngman uh, about how he implemented some of these things, uh, could you tell us about why uh, bullying is is serious and the different kinds of bullying? Um, well, the types of bullying that I've researched and studied, I include physical bullying, which in, in um, 
incorporates hitting, kicking, punching, pinching, or any form of physical attack. Um, there's verbal bullying, which is name-calling, insulting, um, making racist, sexist, or homophobic jokes, remarks, or teasing. Um, there's indirect bullying, meaning spreading nasty stories about someone, uh, exclusion from social groups, and being made subject of malicious rumors. And of course, there's cyberbullying, which is any type of or any bullying um, that is carried out on electric medium. All right, Mr. Youngman. Um, yes. How long have you been in education? How long have you been a building administrator at High Point? Um, I've been in administration for, well, roughly I've been in education for over 30 years and in administration for 25. Uh, this marks my sixth year at High Point as their principal. Okay, and uh, how, what's the demographics of uh, High Point uh, Regional well, High School? High Point is, is a regional high school, um, and we're kind of unique. We're up in Sussex County, so we're kind of rural in that we're in the northwest corner of the state. Uh, we have three sending districts, K-8, through eight, that send students to us, and um, uh, actually 85% of our kids go to college, so that's an important aspect of things. But um, so our diversity lies in social economic conditions, uh, for our student body and rather than culture. So that's a little bit of, of feedback about about the high school itself. Um, so you've had to deal with bullying. Uh, why is bullying such a difficult problem to deal with for a school district? And is there anything different about it in recent years? Well, I think Ashley did an excellent job on, on describing the different types of bullying. Um, as an educator, as an educator for that many years, and certainly um, you know coming from the classroom, um, bullying is such a part of our culture. And um, you know, I think you look at how to deal with it. And before cyberbullying came along, there were ways that we could would deal with what I would consider the overt signs of that. Uh, but being in High Point, you know, we have things coming off of buses. We have things coming out of the lunchroom that go into the classroom. We have uh, different coaches. Uh, some of our coaches are from out of district. So we've worked hard to create a culture here of tolerance and dealing with the issues as they arise. The issue with bullying is is that you really uh, it, it's not always right out there in front of you. Uh, it happens. It happens on the weekends. It happens at social gatherings for our young people. Um, it's just something that you have to take a look at and take a look at the hard facts and then take a look at the different facets of an organization that may contribute to it and may be able to be a part of things. For example, um, we have a lot of outreach services now with Peer Group and Hero and Cool Kids and, and all our other organizations there where we need to do some training and so forth. So, But to really go after bullying, I, I think it takes an Ashley Craig to come forward with her program uh, to really point out to us is that we're really not doing enough. Because I think Ashley's point about students coming forward and talking to administrators, it's very intimidating and it, it's a very personal type situation that not all students do. I mean, we work, we try to create that type of culture, but it's always something you really have to take a hard look at if you're being effective with. Yeah, and I would imagine that some kids would even have a hard time talking to their parents about some of this. It's, it's a difficult thing, I think, to broach uh, with your parents, and if you don't have a good circle of friends, I guess it would be an issue too, which actually did have a good circle. Mm -hmm. I had a great circle. And that's what I had realized when I went through um, my, the rest of my middle school. Um, 
how much my friends didn't communicate with their parents and how much my friends didn't know um, how much I was there for them or how much the teachers or the faculty and staff were there for them. And that's what I realized. Not, I was lucky to realize. I was very, very lucky with what I had. Okay. Uh, let's talk about what the, Ashley's program a little bit. It, it has three tiers. Let's, uh, Ashley, could you describe phase one? Uh, phase one overall we call student involvement. Student involvement includes three parts. We have a texting system, which includes two texting lines, a report line held by the main office or the disciplinarian um, or vice principal. Um, we have, and then we have the support line, which is held by the guidance office. Now, the report line is used um, for reporting incidents or bullying activity. The support line um, is used for students who don't know how to go about reporting an incident um, or so forth. Um, the second part is um, an after-school uh, support group that's held twice a month. We have one guidance counselor in that meeting, and I run the meetings. We talk about issues um, among the hallways um, and and stuff like that. Um, and then we our third part of that phase is um, we have a safe room in the morning. We call it the SAB lab. The SAB lab, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. um, and we have students who do not feel comfortable in the hallways going to that room. We have um, a member of the faculty and staff that um, sits in there to make sure the bullies can't come in there and, and bully the kids even further. Um, but that's if the kids don't feel comfortable in the hallways in the morning. Okay. Um, we're talking with Ashley Craig and uh, Principal Gregory Youngman at High Point Regional High School. If you have a question, you can call in one three four seven nine eight nine eight nine zero four and press 1 with your question, question or comment. Uh, Mr. Youngman, uh, a 15-year-old a uh, student comes up to you with this idea. How did you latch on to it, and why did you latch on to it? And I, and I assume that the, the district superintendent and board of ed uh, also jumped on. What was the process? Well, um, one might say it was timing, but I, I think it, it was much more than that. I think, um, you know, in our role as administrators, whenever a student comes forward with an idea, I think you like to kind of um, flush it out and find out what it's all about and, and the effect that it has. I think with Ashley, uh, her idea was so uh, organized and articulated that it was easy to understand its immediate impact um, on it. I, I think the letter and spirit of the law signed by Governor Christie also kind of forced us to say, you know, this is a very important step for us to take as an institution. Um, but really, a lot of it fell on Ashley's uh, shoulders as she came forward with PowerPoints. We took it forward to the Board of Education. Um, the value of it is it's, it's, its immediate impact on the student culture of a building uh, and the importance of it being a grassroots movement rather than a top-down um, type program where many of us get involved with with trying to convince the student body that this is important. These things were happening to them. Uh, I think each of us have our own story to tell in our own way about how we handled it, how we grew through it. Um, it makes it difficult today with the cyberbullying that compounds the issues for us. So for us, it really was, in, in uh, no uncertain terms, a no-brainer. Um, well, you mentioned it, so I'll just pick up on that. Was there... Uh an immediate impact in the climate in the school, or uh, and both either one of you can answer this question. That you know, you know, maybe both of you should one from a student's perspective, one from an administrator's perspective. So, uh, did you see uh, any impact in the first year when you first started this? 
Um, well, basically, the timeline went like this. September, I came in. I, I pitched it to my guidance counselor. By December, we went into the administration, um, meaning vice principal to principal, um, the school resource officer, the state trooper, um, and they loved the idea. We went to um, the superintendent as of January, the first week of January, and then we got it approved uh, by January 17th. I went to all the teachers the same day, did a presentation to them. I, we did the student um, presentations uh, late March. I believe it was like March 23rd and March 25th. Um, and we had it in on March 25th. The texting lines, the, everything was in and ready to be used. So, and it's been four months since it had been, had been four months since um, the program was in and the end of school. And we had, I mean, numerous people came into the meetings. We had people in the safe room every morning. And the texting, I don't, I can't know the exact numbers because I'm a student. It's confidentiality. I can't know who did it or or what the issues were, the exact numbers. But from what the administration tells me is that this is working. Um, we did uh, be the change days. Uh, we had posters hanging up um, all over the school. And if someone did something good for you um, or nice to you or you saw somebody else doing something nice for somebody else, you would write their name or what they did on this poster. Um, wow. And we gave, um, I one day during lunch, I we bought, uh, with the Saab money, we bought Hershey Kisses. And I went around and gave every single student of High Point Regional High School a Hershey Kiss. And we said, okay, now this is my kindness to you, so what are you going to do for the people? So I can, I, in that four months, we did a lot of activities that really um, got the students to realize that we're trying to change the school climate. And I think, I think from a student perspective, it has worked. Wow. Uh, let me just, uh, before I go to you, Mr. Youngman, you started in September and when you were you were a freshman, correct? Uh, yes, I was. So most kids, I know my freshman year, I was still trying to find where my classes were, and you're going to the administration proposing this idea? Yes, I went first to the guidance counselor, and then we kind of brushed it up. We worked through it, kind of worked out the, t the, the kinks, and we went December 3rd, um, Friday, December 3rd, um, to the administration. Very impressive. Uh, Mr. Youngman, did you see anything from your perspective, uh, any change in, uh, when we started this? Well, I, th I think when any new idea comes forward, you, you know, you tend to try to shape it and make it sense for your student body or for your particular school. Um, Lisa Frisbee, who is our ninth grade counselor, was very much an active part uh, and is really a pillar in helping us address some of these issues. Um, I, I think that for those students, if you take a look at it on a tiered basis, the good students listened and reacted and were very supportive. Um, some of Ashley's ideas certainly turnkeyed and went forward and had an impact on others doing good habits. But we all know that some of the more recalcitrant students um, are going to be the difficult ones that we have to work for. What this really uh, program forces us to do is to, to have a majority of our students act in appropriate ways and be sensitive to the issues that contribute to bullying for them. And to me, it's a growth process. It's something that they need to learn to cope with, and more importantly, how to deal with it when it happens to them or to somebody in their family or in their extended family or one of their friends. And the issue that we're working on now, and I'll get into eventually into into the phase three is the implementation and the long-term effect, and then helping those kids that are mm -hmm. repeat offenders, what are we doing about them? Because to me, that that's the essence of what we're trying to do here. Yeah, well, was, the, you know, the, was there any cost to the district uh, 
a couple of cell phones and uh, a cell phone plan or for texting? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I think Verizon um, contributed, helped us contribute, but obviously the Garden State Equality Foundation act, actually helped us buy the phones. The cost of those lines, though, are something that the district has to absorb. In addition to that, you know, the man hours, the woman hours that go into this, you know, are substantial to get a program like this up and running. But my feeling is once it's up and running and we react to the letter and spirit of the law, um, you know, it will kind of run on its own. Um, yeah. But we're going to have to devote the time and energy professionally to make it happen. Uh, Ashley, what was phase phase two, the second tier of the Phase program? two, we call overall basically uh, spreading awareness. Um, I have done presentations to, this, to High Point um, and outside High Point during the summer to different municipal alliances, Board of Education, different youth groups, youth councils. I mean, I've gone, I've gone uh, throughout the state, uh, prosecutors and, and all kinds of um, different organizations that I've been presenting at, trying to spread the word about bullying um, and my program. Um, that's, and that's part of it. That's, that's a part of, of phase th uh, two. Um, but there's basically three parts. And I, um, I've arranged, I've been um, scheduled to present at different summits, um, middle school summits, um, anti-bullying summits, be the change summits um, in October. Um, we have, we're now working on um, a, a, a piece that we call peer shadowing, where we're lining up um, kids or student schedules. And if there's a... Um, a victim of bullying, we try and line up um, schedules of a maybe a person who could walk with that, that other person to their class so that they're not alone, another pair of eyes, um, someone who would stand up and say, you know what, this person is getting bullied, a witness, and so forth. And we have what's called bully awareness and intervention strategies. What happens now is that if a student is um, repeatedly taken in um, and said to be an offender of bullying, they are now required to have a meeting with their parents and their guidance counselor um, along with their um, either principal or vice principal and their parents. So it's basically a follow-up kind of thing, like this is going to happen. We're going to talk to your parents about it. It's not going to leave you alone now. Wow. And the, the peer shadowing, that's very interesting. It, it, does it, is it the idea behind there so that someone doesn't feel alone and that there's someone there with them at most times? Uh, basically, it's, it's basically so that um, a bully would not uh, feel like they could come up to them um, and they would be alone. So they couldn't corner them, they couldn't try and intimidate them because that other person would be right next to them kind of thing. Okay. Uh, Mr. Youngman, you you wanted to talk a little bit about the, the I, I did because um, Ashley's um, obviously phase two, and I'm going to bump this up to an administrative phase two, um, is is obviously taking a look at the spirit and letter of the law and beginning to... Um, organize the internal things that have to happen. For example, you have to um, appoint a um, HIB um, coordinator, um, and you have to appoint an anti-bullying specialist internally. You then have to uh, help educate the faculty, the uh, superintendent, and obviously any other administrators in the building that will be dealing with um, the requirements of the new law. We had to develop forms. We had to kind of uh, devote some time over the summer to uh, allow our anti-bullying specialist. That was Lisa Frisbee. Uh, again, I can't tell you, as, as a counselor, she has done an excellent job for us. But you have to understand the different pieces uh, of the law and what now are new requirements for handling that. So Ashley's right, right on target with, you know, how are we going to deal with it? You know, and everybody knows that once 
somebody's identified as a or in a situation is identified as a bullying, the building principal within a period of time has to call the parents and notify them that we will now implement um, our policies and procedures to react to the law. Uh, superintendents have to be aware of what their responsibilities are because it really comes into their um, their level of responsibility. There has to be reports filled out. There has to be an, a um, report or investigation conducted. So there are a lot of tangents to all this that the faculty has has to be aware with in implementing uh, the new the new law. Um, uh, Ashley. Uh before I get back to Mr. Youngman. So you're available or, or you're trying to make yourself available to talk to other people in other school districts and other schools um, to get your word out? Yes, basically. All right, and do you have a website that any of our listeners might be interested in visiting if they want to get more information on that? Yes, I do. www.studentsagainstbeingbullied.webstarts.com all right, and if anyone sort of notice for this meeting, uh, we also have a link to that website there. Um, uh, Mr. Youngman, you, you know, you, you talked about the, the new uh, uh, anti-bullying Bill of Rights. How does this okay. mesh in with it, the program you have? Does it mesh in, or are there some things that you have to work around? Well, the answer to that question is I, I think most of us take a great deal of pride on the student activities that we offer our students to create a good culture within a school. So I think we're, we've looked at what has worked well for us and potentially what we need to do to implement the law so that all our organizations and our administration are really on the same sheet, that we're taking full advantage. When you talk about anti-bullying uh, type um, procedures and accountability, that's administration. When you're talking about students teaching students about um, ways to counter a bully, I think that's something that we need to do training with with our student organizations, and that's the step that we took with Ashley's help um, last, uh, particularly last year and into into this year. So it's getting all the pieces in your building to really be on the same um, on the same program and supporting the same objectives when you go forward with it. Um, and I think for us, in a regional high school, again, we've got to talk to bus drivers, we've got to talk to the various staff people, uh, we've got to talk to coaches, we've got to talk to the faculty at my level to create the right atmosphere for us to address those issues on a timely fashion as they come forward. So there's a lot of pieces that have to be integrated into this. I think, again, going back to Ashley's program, uh, that's been the catalyst to help us begin to do all the things uh, because there were direct results right away. Uh, it was a heightened sensitivity, a heightened focus on what we needed to do, and with her enthusiasm and with the rest of the student body, um, again, it was something that we really wanted to do. Now, uh, I think you said it earlier, having it come be student-driven or grassroots uh, helps it, because in a lot of incidents, for better or worse, it seems like the, the administration's imposing rules and regulations on students, and this one seems to be a little bit more... Uh, coming up from the grassroots, does that make it really help make it easier to implement because more students are willing to join in? I, I think so. I, I think there's um, there always is a student culture in any of our buildings, and um, I think you always 
feel you want to be sensitive and understanding of that culture, but, you know, when a student comes forward and, and begins to create that and gets momentum going uh, with her peers, with her friends, and with uh, other organizations, I think that's, that's half of the battle that we have to, have to win. Um, as we think about what our responsibilities are to educate students and get them ready for the real world. Uh, Ashley, uh, did you try to get some of your friends or people? It's a regional high school, so I, I'm, uh, I'm assuming you didn't know even all the freshmen that were there. Um, how did you recruit kids to be part of this, or did you? Um, well, you see, um, I didn't recruit. I, I can't say I recruited people. You know, um, I think. I think I was more uh, down on the level because I'm in the trenches, per se, with them. I deal with this on a daily basis. I see what's going on in the hallways. Um, so I think I think because they know where I was coming from, they know that they see the same thing in the hallways. They, they experience the same things that I experience. I think it was kind of easier for students to kind of gravitate towards this program. And I can't speak for them. I, I don't know uh, how they would feel or what they would say to that. But um, I, I can say from perspective and from my friends, they were more they were more, more willing to come and speak with me because they knew what I was going through. They knew what they were going through, and they saw what was happening in the hallways. They saw the bullying that was going on. It wasn't um, it was it was not um, a whispered topic anymore. It could be broadcast. It could be uh, talked about. It could be stopped, or it could be considerably reduced. So uh, it was just by one person speaking up and speaking out, everyone else kind of felt more comfortable to deal with the issue instead of just being quiet about it? I'm I'm hoping. You know, I, I've grown up to be the one, be the change, be the difference. Um, and I stood up for what I believe in, and I will continue to do that uh, for as long as I live. It's it's definitely a big part of my life. And from people have inspired me um, to be the change. So if I can try and inspire just one person um, in the school, I, I can – that's all. That's that's the best I can do. Then maybe they can inspire some more. Okay, we're talking with Ashley Craig and Mr. Gregory Youngman from High Point Regional High School. Uh, if you want to ask a question, dial one three four seven nine eight nine eight nine zero four and press number one, and that will let us know that you have a question. Uh, I believe Christy, you had someone who wanted to ask something. Uh, yes, we do. Um, first, just let me say, uh, Ashley was uh, kind enough to come out and speak at the recent Sussex County School Boards Association meeting, and she gave her presentation. And I cannot tell you how powerful it was. I know board members um, all over the state are very concerned about the new anti-bullying laws, and it, it, it's a lot of work. But just to, to see Ashley's presentation um, really, really makes um, it made me and it made all the people there understand um, how important this issue is. So, Ashley, thank you again. And, and Ashley, I, I really do appreciate uh, all that you're doing. And I know that every school has to have an Ashley. So, I'm hoping that this will inspire students all over the state to, to get involved and, and to combat this as you have done. Um, we have a question from a board member from Essex County, and it, it, um, bullying is so different. Like you mentioned before, how, how it was in the past. You know, when when I was in high school, it was pushing and shoving. Now it's so different because we do have so many uh, all the electronic media that students use. Um, but the question was from the board member: um, At what point does teasing become bullying? What's what's the line here? Um. Well, you see, I, I think every different um, every different person has a different line that uh, can be crossed. You see, um, and, and sometimes for it's emotional, sometimes it's, it's mental. Some kids react uh, differently to the name-calling or to teasing 
Um, so it really depends on the person. But it still, when it becomes bullying for that person, you still have that feeling. You still have that emotional disconnect because you're still scared to go and talk to, to that person or to talk to um, the administration, talk to a parent, talk to a friend. So I think it really depends on each and every different student. Okay. Mr. Youngman, do you have anything to add to that question? or? Well, I think one of the things that we, we haven't said is that as as students get referred, they will be dealt with with a guidance counselor or a school psychologist. So I want to make sure that the listeners understand that it's not just students handling this problem, that you've got to have your helping professionals in the building also be able to be prepared to deal with it. Um, we can always send a strong message, but to me it's always the implementation phase, which is is how are we going to deal with this and what message do we want to get for those people that need additional, students that need additional help. Now, in uh, Christy's question, are there instances where someone is actually being a bully, at least perceived to be a bully, and doesn't realize they're being a bully? Um, I got this question today in the presentation, and you know, um, I, I think sometimes that if um, a bully offender is called down to the main office and said, "Well, this is this is what um, this person told me," or "This is what um, you're being called down for because you're teasing this person," I think that some kids. Um, a very low percentage of kids, they don't mean to. But I, I think from what I've experienced and from what, I, what I've seen that um, kids will use that as an excuse. I was just kidding. I was just joking around. Maybe to try and get out of it or to try and get less of a punishment. Um, and that's what I've seen uh, very much so. So I think there's a point to where there's a very low majority of kids who, who do tease and don't mean to be hurtful, but that um, most of them who are doing it and, and plead that they're not being hurtful or they don't mean to be hurtful are trying to use it as an excuse. So if, they, if they're called down once and they don't realize they were bullying, they probably will stop the action, but if they're truly bullying, they'll probably do it over again and just use it as an excuse? Yes, that's that's what I've seen. All right. Uh, Mr. Youngman, have you seen kids who didn't realize they were being a bully? or? Yeah, I, I think that nature of behavior um can sometimes be very ingrained into the way that, that students were treated, that their parents were treated, or that they saw or observed. So, you know, it can be entrenched, you know, in the what we call the DNA of a student. That's the way they normally interact. And um, it, it's it's something that societal-wise, in any school, you're going to have, we're going to have to deal with and learn to deal with um, effectively because of the nature of the law and because of, of some of the things that we're seeing. Um, and I think that that's the piece of it that we sometimes struggle with is is how to deal with it effectively, not just from a discipline standpoint. Because, you know, I believe in, in firm but fair discipline, but that can't be the only thing that we're going to offer our students who have to have to curb that that type of behavior because it is entrenched sometimes and it really 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 needs the cooperation of parents and understanding and and really to be reinforced over a period of time to change behavior um, I haven't mentioned this part of it but I know you have to, it seems like you have the staff on board and you'll be going through phase three this year right um, uh, how are, are the parents informed on this program well, that's all, all part of what we're going to do with letters going home and um, and, and talking to the faculty about it um, because I think what I saw last year after the um, 
the crackdown, I call it, with Governor Christie's <laughs> new law, um, we had more more complaints about bullying and misinterpretation by parents and students about what a bullying act really was um, and misinterpreting some of the, the signs and symptoms of it and categorizing everything that happened as a bullying situation and what are you going to do about it as an institution. It can be overwhelming, and I think we've dealt with it more and more as it's become um, a social issue in the papers. Um, so for because of that, you know, we I think parents are informed, but I think our job now is to inform them about what we're doing about it and how we're going to do that, both in parent advisory newsletters and our guidance newsletter, um, and certainly a letter that will be going home from me, you know, this uh, this fall uh, with opening school. So, yeah, a lot of that has to inform them so that they cooperatively understand what we're doing and then dealing with their students appropriately as we see it happening. Okay, we have a caller. Uh, I don't have a name, but uh, you wanted to ask uh, Mr. Youngman how to inspire the board and administration? Oh, yes. Um, yep, uh, my question is this. I'm a board of education member um, in, a, in a district in Essex County. Um, I see there being a lack of enthusiasm by our leadership, um, both at the board level and the uh, district level, about the subject, and I wondered how you propelled your uh, leaders to get enthusiastic, and maybe I guess my question too is: um, Is it does it make more sense to look at this as a prevention issue as opposed to a punishment issue? Even if the law states it in, in the way that it does, uh, it sounds much more like a punishment, bullying, the use of that word, uh, anti-bullying. It, it, isn't it really about prevention and being proactive rather than reactive? Um. I'll react a little bit to this, Nella, Ashley. Um, I think anything that we're doing these days, our first step is prevention rather than discipline first. I think that that's the whole idea, and I think that that is the importance of what Ashley has brought to our attention. Um, I don't know a board or administrator who doesn't realize the impact on um, bullying and its eventual potential impact on suicide, uh, low class attendance, um, all those things that go along with repeated things that happen when you're dealing with a student and a parent uh, in that condition. So I think that in itself is motivation that it's got, it has to be an important part about what we're doing. The, how, the whole idea of prevention, I think it depends, because there may be some things um, as a board member, I mean, I think one of the questions that I would ask is, you know, what are we doing that's working? What are the programs that you're doing in a high school or a middle school that you have pride in and that are working for you? We feel we've got a lot of student activities and some of our assemblies that we've brought in uh, have heightened sensitivity, and, and I really believe that, that students have a faith that we're going to deal with issues. Um, so we started with that premise, but but then I think when you begin to take a look at some hard statistics, and I think that's that's where it becomes a difficult issue because on the one hand we want to talk about how proud we are, but on the other hand we have statistics now that indicate we've got a problem with potentially attendance um, or student issues. Um, right now with the VVRs that we have to submit, there's some indication that that's an indication that there's a deeper problem. So there, I think it, it just has to be an open dialogue, and I think that's when you realize we're doing some things that are working, but overall are we really preventing these issues from coming forward uh, is where I would put my time and energy. Oh, yeah, I'd just like to chime in 
I'd like to chime in that. Well, uh, if you see Ashley's presentation, it does make the it does drive the issue home. Uh, I think most board members and administrators are realize this is a, an issue, and I think you can't avoid it now with the law. You have to comply, and uh, so it's just, you can't ignore it. Uh, we have another caller, but thanks for calling. Okay, and our other caller, Joe, you have a question? Yeah, I'd like to find out how that program is working, the one that's founded by the uh, student. Uh, well, okay, we can reiterate that. Mr. Youngman uh, or Ashley, briefly? Um, from what, um, like I said before, we have had um, a lot of student support. We've had numerous people at the meetings. Um, the safe room has been full. I go in there on occasion every morning, um, and, we'd, and we'd see students in there. Um, and the, the text lines are being used. I cannot know how many texts are being sent through the lines because I am a student, confidentiality issues. Um, but from what I can say and from, from what I um, had first like envisioned, this program has been an outstanding success. Mr. Um, you know, I, I would echo that, too. I, I think, Joe, you're always looking for hard numbers and so forth, but you're mm -hmm. also looking for the tenure of a building and, and has have students, have you observed students and faculty uh, deal with the issues as they come forward? We've seen that. Uh, and more importantly is to get and identify those students that potentially are repeat offenders and getting them into the right people in our buildings to get, to get assistance. Um, I think with the new law, um, implementing a program like this is, is just a cornerstone to getting it be a grassroots movement from the students on up. And I think that's so valuable about what Ashley's done for us. Yeah, that's what I like about it because I'd also like to find out what people's opinions are of uh, the bullying laws by the government because I, I don't favor any type of interference by the government into our affairs. I think the uh, students can take care of it, the teachers can take care of it at a grassroots level. If you allow government to come in, it's going to make things worse. No, sir, I um, I agree um, to a certain sense. Um, I do think that higher legislation should have come down. But the only problem with this legislation is that it's all policy. Um, I actually met with the writers of this, this legislation, and what happened was they put so much in this law um, that so that things could be cut. And because bullying was such an issue and because we lo had just lost Tyler Clemente, um, who jumped off the George Washington Bridge, um, because of, of bullying, um, the government passed it immediately. Um, and that's the problem. And it's, it's a great law, and I've read it probably a million times. I don't understand it at all. But what I can say is that it's all policy. It's after after the fact. It's not necessarily prevention. It's more of how, how to investigate, how to deal with uh, the offenders, how to deal with getting the investigations done and filing it correctly. There's no grants. There's no funding. There's no programs that to even um, put in place it's just basically policy, and that it, I do agree with you in that sense that it is, um, it is um, a problem with the law. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, yeah, I would I would add in uh, Joe uh, that it seems mm -hmm. that they have found a grassroots way of implementing locally uh, a state law, though they started before there was even a state law. Mm -hmm. Well, I would advise not to rely too much on the government, even if we got grants or any other kind of funding for this, because every time the government sticks its hands into something, it always comes out uh, making whatever it touched worse. Okay. So, All right. We're okay, that is it. Thanks a lot, Joe. Okay. Uh, 
we're getting towards the end. Uh, Ashley, what, what's your future goals for this program as you move forward? Um, my future goals basically include just going as far as I possibly can. This needs to end, and and until people understand that, until we get everyone on board, it's not going to end. Um, I've talked to, like I said, numerous places and different people, and I'm not going to stop until I get um, this in every school that will take it because I think it, it, it's we've seen it works, and we've seen that kids respond to it. We've seen that the faculty and staff, as well as the administration, respond to it, and um, and it, I think overall, if we if we can just do something and make it aware, spread awareness that this we could con consider considerably reduce bullying as a problem overall. And I think that needs to to be very very echoed through uh, everywhere. And Mr. Youngman, uh, quickly, um, do you think this would be effective in a lot of other middle schools or high schools? Absolutely. I think we have, I've said this repeatedly, we have one model that's worked for us, but, you know, um, and I think one of one of your um, call-in viewers talked about inspiration. I think if we found anything from Ashley's uh, presentation, it's been inspiration to make a difference in at least one or two lives. And all of us know, uh, you know, you begin to do that, and all of a sudden there's a majority of things that will change. So um, from that vantage point, um, I can't compliment her enough. Um, I think she, she is well-rounded. She's well-balanced. Um, and for her, this really has turned out to be um, inspirational, I'm sure, okay, for herself uh, and for us. I hate to interrupt you as you're applauding her, but we have 15 seconds. Uh, I would uh, echo his statement. And I'd like to thank you, Ashley. Well, thank you very much you, for having me. And Mr. Youngman for joining us on Conversations on New Jersey Education. And I hope the listeners enjoy this. Our next show is August 24th. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.